Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a fun la- episode last week where Ryan and I talked about the Kings. Uh, it, w- it, was, it was good to be back. It's just good to keep coming on here and talking uh, weekly. So happy to be back here tonight. Um, if you are looking for anything Kings Cast, you can check our entire catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, checking in with Ryan. What's good tonight, bro? What's up, man? Uh, NBA Finals start right now, actually. We're probably going to miss the first half, but that's okay. Sacramento's not in it. <laughs> um, but good week. My gym opens up tomorrow, so back to working out. Lost 15 pounds since the quarantine. Um, no bueno. So, yeah, dude, looking to get back in the flow tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. Let's do this thing. Oh, so I, I've been actually meaning to ask you about that because, uh, you know, I, my, my gym opened up in a parking garage. <laughs> so, but they've got it all out there. So I've been going and getting lifts in about twice a week for the last couple of weeks now. But they, yeah, the gyms are opening back up. I was going to ask, you haven't been lifting, huh? You haven't been doing anything. No, I have not picked up a weight since April. Um, like I said, I lost 15 pounds. And it's not like I've been running extra. I did for a minute. Like when, when we were really quarantined and like we were getting that paid leave from work and stuff, I was running 10 miles a week. Um, but now, you know, I'm lucky to get two or three miles a week right now because I'm back and I'm busy. Uh, but it's just, you know me, man, I'm skinny. So like for me to, to keep that weight on, I gotta, I gotta eat and I gotta lift. And, uh, I went from 200 pounds to probably less than 15 pounds of loss or more than 15 pounds. I'm probably between 182 and 183 if I stepped on the scale right now. So that's like drastic. Damn. See, most people got that opposite issue, you know, like, like for me, I've had to like, uh, you know, count my calories and do all that you know, just, just so I'm not gaining any weight. I'm just getting softer. Like pre-quarantine, man, my lifts were good. I was, I was deadlifting. I was pulling heavy. I was squatting heavy, um, you know, and it just sucks getting back in it. I'm starting with low reps, you know, like it's, a, it, it's fine, you know, whatever the weight and stuff, but it's that soft body, dude. Like the chest is gone. Like mm-hmm. the belly's just soft, dude. The arms are soft. So dude, I'm itching, man. I got the sups ready to go. Uh, I'm going to get it all cracked out on some uh pre-workout tomorrow dude and i'm gonna have a hell of a lift hell yeah man that's what i'm talking about so uh you know i i feel like we haven't been on in a minute but we we were on last week we, we've been releasing these episodes every week and 
it was a fun conversation you and I had last week. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I listened, listened back and some good points out there. Maybe we touch on tonight, but, uh, I, I'm going to jump right in. I, I kind of have like a list of topics I pulled this week. I mean, obviously Kingslands is, is low key right now. King's Twitter is definitely dead as hell. No one's talking, but you know, we have the, uh, shout out again to the Sacramento Kings bench mob Facebook group. Uh, a lot of people on there and a lot of people putting some good content. So there's some stuff on there getting a feel just so, you know, Ryan and people listen, that's kind of where I'm getting a feel of, of what's going on right now. Um, but uh, one of the things, you know, that hasn't really been talked about, but I wanted to ask you was uh, just, you know, with, with the new GM coming in and everything settling in, right. The one of the first announcements was like, Oh, they're going to keep, they're going to keep Luke Walton. They're going to move forward with Luke Walton. And, you know, uh, I, I know you were a supporter, particularly of Luke Walton coming in ahead of last year. And I, I don't really think any of the issues here are Luke Walton's fault. I mean, this team's been shitty for how long? He was given a roster that they tried to rebuild in the offseason. And then they ended up trading pretty much everybody that they brought in. And so it wasn't a great roster. I don't think Luke Walton is to blame, but when you have a shakeup, you kind of got new directions and stuff. So just, I figured we'd bring the conversation about Luke Walton, the front office kind of, you know, we could talk a little bit of King's strategy overall, you know, in the off season and going into the season and kind of what's the best move here. Give our thoughts. Okay. So I will start with Luke Walton, uh, Sacramento Kings bench mob. They have been really big on, um, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff about should we get rid of Luke Walton? Because um, I know guys like Doc Rivers are available. Um, let's be clear, okay? Doc Rivers would not come to Sacramento. <laughs> All right, uh, I saw I saw Billy Do- Billy Donovan went to Oklahoma City, uh, or not, went from Oklahoma City to Chicago. People were talking about that. Not a big fan of Billy Donovan. What did Billy Donovan's been handed some pretty decent rosters. Um, I don't think him coming to Sacramento would make much of a difference. I don't think he's really an improvement over Luke Walton. Um, I saw Mike D'Antoni, not a big fan of it. Don't think he fits. Um, so, yeah, I think Luke Walton, moving forward this year, I think best case scenario, keep Luke Walton, give him another year. Um, as far as direction of the franchise, um, you want me to, are we talking personnel? Is that what you were well, saying? Well, here, here's what I'll say. I think you were kind of making a point there. First off, uh, you don't think – I mean, I'm not calling for this, but, like, playing the devil's advocate here, you, you don't think that Mike D'Antoni's a fit. I mean, you got a guy who's coming from Houston, right, who, who, knows, the, who knows the coach, and then you have an extremely fast uh, point guard who the team is going to be based around. I mean, you don't think it's a fit? I, I think it's a fit. Well, what's not I don't a think, fit? So I don't think that – we have enough offensive firepower for to run D'Antoni's system. I think D'Antoni's system with Sacramento's current roster right now, um, Darren Fox is not a good three-point shooter. Um, Harrison Barnes is a decent three-point shooter. Rashawn Holmes, good luck. Um, so there's guys right there that already I don't think would fit his system. The thing about the thing about Houston and, and Mike D'Antoni is you, they were running out there with P.J. Tucker, who's a corner three specialist. Okay, Daniel House hits the three. Um, James Harden shoots it. Eric Gordon's a great three-point shooter. Um, and James Harden's just, you know, he's one of the best scorers. And then you have Russ, who's very streaky uh, and just hustles. I don't think Sacramento can keep up that pace. I don't think um, the big Rashawn Holmes can do it. I don't think Belly can run the pace like that. Um, so, yeah, that's my kind of thing from it. And also, Mike D'Antoni's never been to the, never been to the finals. Okay, 
So I don't think that Mike D'Antoni's system has proven that it works. It, it, in my eyes, it doesn't really work. They have, you have to have super, super good talent to work D'Antoni's system. You have to have a James Harden. You have to have a Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. Carmelo uh, Anthony. You go back to what Carmelo Anthony. You go back to Phoenix with um, Steve Nash, Amara Stoudemire. These are Hall of Fame dudes that we're talking about, and they've never been to the finals in Mike D'Antoni's system. So I think bringing Mike D'Antoni in with a young guy like Darren Fox and um, just with a bunch of role players, I don't think it works. And people people can say whatever they want, but it, the proof's right there. If Mike D'Antoni can't get it done with Hall of Famers, what makes you think he could come in and get it done with Sacramento? I, flat, I hear flat your out. point. I hear your point, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not like – it's not that I'm advocating for it, but there, there's, there is a part of me which I'll say um, I fall – I kind of fall in, in line with some of the Kings fans. Like if it, it, it does sound appealing. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a little outlandish just in that he would have to come here. They'd have to fire Luke. They'd have to commit to retooling their team to fit around whatever they want to do. Um, so, there, I mean, there is that, but there is a part of Kings fans that, you know, it's kind of almost like a fantasy. If, if you can get this coach in here, who's, who's high scoring. And, and I think that, you know, again, to play the other side to, to you, I really, if they, if they brought like a D'Antoni in, okay, I will say this. D'Antoni's been coaching for a very long time and the center, he, he has played with centers in his system, plenty, um, true centers in his system, you know, and, and he's played with athletic forwards as well. This whole like small ball, no center thing was very, I mean, that he only did it like the last year or two. And it's extremely recent. I mean, if you look back to those Phoenix Suns teams, dude, I mean, yeah, they, they were talented across the board, but they also had centers on the roster too. I mean, I remember Stephen Hunter, they had would, you know, play. Yeah, okay. Okay. You said Stephen. All right. So let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> it's, okay. It's just so more let's the position. Talk. I, I understand what you're saying, and let's talk about this, though. So you look at, you look at Mike D'Antoni in Phoenix, okay? Amari Stoudemire. If Amari Stoudemire doesn't get hurt, Amari Stoudemire is one of the greatest 50 players of all time, okay? He is. If Amari Stoudemire doesn't get his back injury and his knee injury or whatever, Amari Stoudemire is one of the greatest power forwards to ever play the game, all right? You have a top-five point guard, in my opinion, in Steve Nash, two-time MVP. You have an all-defensive player like Sean Marion, the Matrix, who is very athletic, you had guys like Leandro, Leandro Barbosa, who could shoot the three and played crazy defense. You had Joe Johnson. You had Basically. Iso Joe, dude. Like, okay, but you had Iso Joe on those teams, dude. Those teams were deep. Those teams could shoot. And it was an elite pick and roll game between Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. But what did Phoenix do in the playoffs? They went 61 and 21 was their best year. Okay, I, I remember this. I don't need to bring it up. Okay, they won 60 plus games and they didn't make it to the finals. Okay, I... And you could say whatever you want about the uh, was that that wasn't that San Antonio the ejection year, wasn't that? Yeah, wasn't it was that like Denver Lakers that, or something. Yeah, where they got, they got, they got ejected. ejected and stuff. Okay, you know. all right. So I, I I get that. All right, but Mike D'Antoni hasn't got it done with Hall of Famers, and that's what I'm going off of. Sacramento doesn't have the talent that any of those teams have had. Even that New York Knicks team that he coached weren't they the two seed one year with New York? But the thing was, Tyson Chandler, all defensive player. Okay, you had Carmelo, one of the greatest scorers of all time. You had Joakim Noah on that team that was an all-around player and was a very good passer for them. Um, who else didn't? Wasn't Jason Kidd on there? Uh, they, these these guys had veteran players, uh, and they had every single one of them. Every single one of those rosters had Hall of Famer on it. Sacramento doesn't have that. Uh, I think, and I, I think, think. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was say I think you're making I think you're making a good point uh, on the counter. Like I said, I'm not calling for this because, like I said, it's it's a little bit more outlandish and it kind of 
it just kind of creates another mess. It's kind of like the George Carl situation, you know, not mm-hmm. exactly, but it was like, you know, again, it's not exactly like that, but mm-hmm. it's like you have a direction you're, you've decided very recently to move in a direction and the Kings already kind of saw that apple in the corner of their eye once with George Carl and brought him in and kind of scrapped the whole plan that they had. And we saw what happened, but I said, it's not exactly the same, but it's, it's as far as the direction for the, for the franchise. It, it is. And also, also I had a talk with a buddy at work the other day and guy doesn't know too much about sports. Um, and he asked me, he's like, what makes good, what make, cause we were watching football. I was at work and the Patriots game was on and he goes, how come the Patriots are so good? Okay. How have they been so good for so long? And I told him, I was like, you can look across any franchise in any sport. It doesn't matter. Okay. Stability is what matters in all professional sports. Stability. Teams like the Cleveland Browns who fire a coach and the Sacramento Kings who fire a coach every other year. Okay. Jacksonville, they fire a coach every other year. Baseball teams do it. NFL teams have done it. NBA teams do it. Chicago's doing it right now. You know, I can go, the list goes on and on. Teams that consistently go through head coaches every other year, they go through new front office every other year. That is bad basketball operations okay Sacramento like you just said has pointed out a direction they've sought that direction I think they need to stick with it I think if they brought in Mike D'Antoni right now it would it would cause a complete teardown of the roster okay it'd be a complete overhaul and it'd be a new direction that you'd be wanting to go and you'd be setting yourself in a hole Um, I think Sacramento owes it to Luke Walton to give him one more year I I agree with your point um, as as far as bringing someone like that and it, and it, it changes the direction. I, I think that it's, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit, of, it's a little two-sided here for me. So it, it's in one hand, it's like, I want that stability. I want them to choose the direction and all that's good stuff that you mentioned. Okay. But on the other hand, it is one of those things where uh, are they going to fire him next year. You know, they're just going to fire him next year when things don't go well. And then it's going to be like, okay, well, it didn't work out. And then it kind of, or, or do you just kind of cut bait, cut the fat, or if you will, early, you know, well, I, but, but, but the only thing against that is, is I just really don't think there's legitimate candidates that are going to want to come here. And I think that's ultimately the biggest thing you do. You really I do. think that people can I give you, can I, can I get, can I get, can I give you a hot take? Okay. Hot, hot take. Okay. Sacramento flames out this year with Luke Walton. I think they should go get Jason Kidd next year. I think Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd should come to Sacramento. That's if if Luke Walton was to flame out, bring Jason Kidd in. That's what I think. You can see people say whatever they want. Pretty sure he didn't. I'm pretty sure he's made the playoffs as a head coach. He's in. He's in the Lakers. Getting. He's getting playoff and finals experience right now. The the dude won an NBA championship. Why not? That's that. That's a candidate that you're looking at right there. You go. That's a legit NBA coaching candidate. And honestly. Mike D'Antoni, even if he does sign somewhere, he'll be available again in two years, dude. That guy doesn't stay anywhere long. <laughs> like, that's whatever. But I, I really think if Luke Walton, I, you know, I'm looking at next year, my eye set, this kid's going to get head coach somewhere. All right? If Luke Walton flames out, there you go. There's a, there's a legit coaching candidate. And I also think somebody needs to go get Mark Jackson out of the booth. Hot takes for sure, man. Hot takes for sure. You, you're putting that out there on Kings Cast today, I guess, huh? Um, Yes. Okay, we, we talked about the front office. We talked about uh, coaches and, and kind of the direction of the Kings, right? And last week, you had uh, really – you'd brought up a pretty good point about De'Aaron Fox and how he's pretty much the guy. He's, he's basically the guy, right? And he comes out this week, and he was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he was talking – 
um, just about how he wanted to play for the Kings, how he wanted to go to come to Sacramento and how he wants to be here and, you know, all the stuff like it's special if you win there, kind of stuff we've been talking about. So, haha, yeah, great, you know. Um, but um, I wanted to bring it up to you because, uh, you know, Darren, Darren Fox, man, like I just wanted you to elaborate more, I guess, on, on what you said last week about about that guy. Okay, so Sacramento has been in this position before with DeMarcus Cousins, and they didn't surround DeMarcus Cousins with the type of talent and the type of stability that he deserved, okay? He flamed out. He was immature, um, but DeMarcus Town was a great talent regardless. He, he, he used to say those things too. Hey, I want to be in SAC. I want to be here. I want to I want to win here, all that stuff, okay? Um, I'm not comparing Darren Fox to DeMarcus Cousins. I think uh, talent-wise, I think they're pretty close level. Uh, but Darren Fox is more mature. Um, Sacramento needs to do right by, by Fox coming these next few years. They need to do, they need to do right. They need to give him that max contract and they need to surround him with veterans and the type of players that can help them succeed. And it it ties into the coaching thing we were just talking about as well. Part of the reason I don't want Luke Walton to go is because I don't think Darren Fox deserves to have three head coaches in three years. When, when you have star players and you have superstar talent, you, those guys don't deserve that. You need to protect your assets. Um, so that's where, that's where I was going with that. And, you know, uh, the dude is just super talented. And I would hate to see five years from now Darren Fox leave um, because Sacramento didn't take care of him. You know, regardless, take care of your asset. So, uh, you, you know, you said something there about firing coaches year over year. And it's – I would say this. it's In the NBA, it's a little bit different than, like, the NFL. The NFL is so – you know, the, like specifically like defensive schemes, you know, you, you, you have certain types of players who fit certain schemes. And when you start turning over like that, it really can mess up your roster. Um, and, and the NBA, the NBA, you can get away with that a little bit, a little bit more, but it still has the same effect, right? If you're just locking up veteran players for you in the NBA, what happens when you start doing this, the firings, I think it's two things. I think one is you get in bad cap situations. That's, that's probably, that seems to happen because they try to close the gap on their roster by overpaying veterans. It's not overpaying max contracts. It's, it's like a contract you see like right now, Corey Corey Joseph, Joseph, right? Corey Joseph is, yeah. And we both agree. That's, that's a clear, like, okay, 12 million for all these years, like a couple of those gone wrong, you know, just to fill out a coach's roster that can really set you back. So that's, that's the number one reason that I don't like to turn over year over year. The number two reason, and I think a lot of Kings fans, I don't know how many people actually like, think this is a main cause for this, but I'm thinking after I say it, I'm wondering if it's going to ring a bell. Okay. It's like, it's player development. I'd say the number one thing against the Kings is that there's like, I would say zero player de- development, Right, so they've drafted so many guys, and they've never gotten better, and they've let them walk. Willie Cauley Stein, you know, Isaiah or they. Thomas. I well, yeah, and Isaiah Thomas, that was a cap situation, kind of. Still. Um, yeah, but there, there's just been you know players like that, or, or players that they they draft with the intention of building that they never do. Scalabissier is one. I thought that dude was kind of talented and stuff. They never really like why draft him and then not try. Why draft Papianis? Harry, Harry Harry Giles in the situation he's in right now, not picking well, up the that's, option. That's what I was leading to. I was kind of going backwards leading in, but that's the thing too is like you have Harry Giles who's been. You know, I, I get him being babied for that first year, but the last couple of years, it's like, come on now. So it's player development, and and, and even if you're a bad team, continuity, uh, it, it's a it breeds uh, that that pr- uh, 
talent progress on, on young players. So an example of that for me is I look at the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were terrible, right? And they kind of, they worked through that with Brett Brown. They gave him the opportunity and they didn't win games, but there's, there was a level of player development there. There's continuity amongst the training staff, amongst the assistant coaches. So, so year over year, for, you know, if they're in there for three to four to five years in early development of those players, they're playing in the same system, the same routine, same training, same speed, same type of role. They can grow into a role even more. And that's how you kind of develop. But when you fire year over year over year, you stunt the growth, you stunt the growth, and then you end up trading the picks for for essentially nothing you know and and you never developed them or you let them walk like they may do with Harry Giles and so um outside of the scheme and blah 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 it's all that I think those two points right there I wanted to put that out there because I don't know if Kings fans are just like if they if they blamed the turnover for coaching for that player development lacking well, in the organization and and, and the, the part of the turnover too is look what happened to Buddy Heald if you would have told me this time last year that Buddy Heald would have had this, you know, the he had a good season, but the kind of the turmoil that is going and the controversy that's kind of surrounding him. If you'd have told me that last year at at this time in the in the year, I'd be like, you're crazy. But look what new coaching co- brings in. Look what it does. Um, so that's that's another reason right there. Um, so it, it's just it's it's a it's a good point. I, I feel like it's a good point, and and it's overall to sum it up with the coaching and with and with Fox it's 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 kind of twofold you know let let them develop again this year let the let them get the roster right let them get the this cap situation flexible for them moving forward um and then they probably need to roll with it but unfortunately I mean I want to put that out now I don't you know, we talked last week about the Western Conference and the Pacific Division specifically, how talented it is. At this point, you know, it's a, it's early. We haven't had a draft. We haven't had an offseason. So it's premature. But as of right now, like, the Kings are no favorites to make the playoffs. They're, no, they're, gonna, they, they're probably going to be uh, projected last in their division. And so, again, you could be firing a coach in a year. And so, um, you know, it, it is something that, you know, it, it's, it could come up. It could come up. So, uh, talking about you talked about Buddy again. The, this week's trade rumors. I, last week I talked about doing, um, you know, reading different trades like from Bleacher Report or, or, or wherever they do their little mock trades and stuff. Uh, one of the more popular ones right now on, on the on the Kingsland chatter is Miles Turner and Oladipo. It's you know it's going to be one of those things. Kings fans, anytime they see someone opting out, anytime they see a rumor for a player. Anytime you see someone hit the fridge, I think we're going to see a lot of Kings fans be like, oh, yeah, he should come to the Kings. He should come. Like, every player, right? Don't you see that in the chatter? Like, he should come here, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Not every, not everybody's going to come to Sacramento, uh, but you can be wishful and then you're thinking. Um, but I want to talk about this one particularly. I've sifted through some of the BS ones, but I've, I've this one particularly, Miles Turner, and then we can move to Oladipo. Because Miles Turner is somebody I know you're on board with, you know, way back. And I don't know if you had put it in one of your mock trades. I think I had done it. I had done it uh, at the trade deadline. So the trade deadline, when we did our trade machine special, I said, be Lisa bogey and Holmes for miles Turner. And people are like, well, that's kind of a lot. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of a lot, except that bogey, you can consider him gone because we don't want to pay him anyway. So you're essentially trading be Lisa who, yeah, he's a good piece, but you know, he's 32. 
he's gone. You know, he's not a staple of this team moving forward. And then you trade Holmes, who I know people loved him at that point in February and still love him now. But the guy's been a career backup, and he did only average like 12 points a game. So it's like, hey, man, sometimes you got to, you know, let it go a little bit to get a little bit. So I was in full support of that. I know you were. Um, but a lot of people are against Miles Turner. And so what's up with that? Um, I think people are against Miles Turner because – I really don't know why on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good reason. He, well, I saw. I'll tell you. Help me out with this. I'll help you out with this. Uh, I was watching today. Cowboy Kingdom posted in the in the bench mob group thread that um, like a video, and I watched a little bit of, about it. And he said that uh, he wasn't as good pick and roll players home. So that was what he cited. <laughs> okay. Um, he was also he was also born in 1996. So what's that make him? 24 years old. Okay. Um, he averages similar stats to Rashawn Holmes. I think he's a better rim protector. Yeah, and those blocking shoots, stats are three. Hey, are those blocking stats top five in the league? Let me see. I'm gonna bring up his blocks right because... now. It's, it's the it's the three point shooting. It, well, it's the three point shooting that does it. He, that's the weird thing. Miles yeah. Turner's a he weird averaged, player. He averaged two. He averaged two point seven blocks last year. Yeah, he's a this he's year, a two, top two point one. He's a top yeah. end shot shot blocker. Which yeah. the Kings, I like to say, I may like to make this reference. You ready for it? You, you ready, Ryan? Because I need to, yes. The Kings haven't had this type of shot blocker since Greg Ostertag. <laughs> Ooh. Can I was, I, well, no, Greg Ostertag was after all those guys, I think. So him, yeah, Keon Clark. Ostertag, there hasn't been a blocker since then. They they tried to bring in Samuel Dellenbear for a quick minute, but he oh, couldn't yeah. jump then. I don't think he was blocking shots then. So I, I don't know. It's those a joke. I, I just like to make the joke because Kings never have never been known to have a shot blocker. Even in the heyday, it was always like they wanted one, but they never could get one. It was their flaw. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I value shot blocking. You got to have one rim protector. I think Miles Turner is a unique kind of player. And we love Miles Turner because we're Texas Longhorns fans too. So, you Welcome. know, shout out, shout out to, to Texas Longhorns. And so, uh, so Miles Turner is a weird player though because he, he, he can shoot threes, but he's a really good shot blocker. Yes. Um, he's athletic. I think he would be a great player to play next to Bagley because Bagley is an inside scorer. Bagley eats up a See, lot of that space. And, ex- and, and having a, a guy like Miles Turner who can kind of play a hybrid role and play off ball, off, you know, I'm not saying off ball, obviously off ball, but like uh, outside of the outside of the key, essentially, right? He doesn't, on offense, he doesn't need to be plugging up the lanes, but then on the defensive end, he can do that. It's kind of it's a unique player. Not a lot of guys, I mean, who, who else do you know has uh, that weird skill set like that? No, no, nobody. I, I can't think of anybody who has that type of skill set. It's like Brooke and, Lopez kind of has it, but as far as the shooting and can play down yeah, low, yeah. but he's not. As, I don't think he's athletic as Miles Turner. Athletics, I mean, he, Miles no. Turner's kind of athletic yeah. guy. And he's twenty four years old. People mm-hmm. like people got to get this out of their head. Rashawn Holmes twenty seven. Rashawn Holmes is going to be twenty eight. I think by the time the season starts, uh, so people got to get this out of their head. What you're getting from Rashawn Holmes right now is the best that you were ever going to get. This past season was his best. I don't believe it gets any better. Um, so why not bring in a 23-year-old who spaces the floor? People got to realize, too, everyone's talking about how good of a uh, pick and roll, whatever Rashawn Holmes is. Bagley's better. Bagley's just been hurt. But you're going to tell me Bagley's not going to get those pick and roll options when the when the season comes around? Heck, yeah, he is. So we, we got to realize that. You talk about fit. Uh, I think Miles Turner can, can block shots and uh, space the floor so Bagley doesn't have to step out to that three-point line. I think yes, you he, giving Bagley you, – you letting Bagley catch the ball at the elbow and go to work, dude, that's dangerous. I I like it, and, and that's why I put it in the trade machine, you know, uh, how long ago? Uh, 
nine months ago. You know, nine months ago I was calling for this. It's like we talk about, dude, when people come to Sacramento and they play hard, the the fans just eat it, dude, and they love it. Because they get – we get so little production from that position besides DeMarcus Cousins that – that people just love it. Oh my God, he's athletic, man. There's 15 guys like Rashawn Holmes in the league. There's 15 of them, dude. What? He's nothing more than Tristan Thompson. People hate Tristan. People hate Tristan Thompson. They think Tristan Thompson's overpaid, but I'd take Tristan Thompson over Rashawn Holmes any day. Yeah. No, it's one of those. And so you brought up, but you keep referencing his age. Something I said last week. Okay. It's that whole tangent I went about about how when you are uh, when, when you're going to commit to young players in, in the NBA nowadays, uh, you're committing to 18-year-olds, like 19-year-olds. That's super, super young, dude. I mean, really. I mean, guys, take they're not developing for a long time. They're not even hitting that stride till their second contract. The cool thing about Turner and why I always thought he was attractive outside of the stuff we talked about, outside of, outside of the on-court stuff, is this contract is uh, it's pretty friendly. It's only – and this is off the top of my head, man. It's it, I want to say – 18 million and he was locked up for a couple more you know 18 million a year that's not crazy it really isn't crazy for a starting center with that skill set it's it's not um now long term it could provide some hindrances you know as far as because harrison barnes and extending bag leaks but you know they can clean that up in other ways um i think i think i think they'll be able to move um harrison barnes pretty easy I, I don't do. think that's that's I'm not yeah I'm not really worried about that I think it's the Corey Joseph one this year that's gonna that's really gonna hinder them I think you and I are gonna be on the Corey Joseph uh training I mean we've been pounding the boat the bogey the anti-bogey contract crap for a long time and uh I think that's gonna get settled for us and we're gonna call it what it is when it happens but I think our next frontier dude is probably gonna be um, it's probably gonna be Corey Joseph because that contract okay. is a hindrance. It's it's 12, 12 million, man. Oh, here here it is right here. Here here's Miles Turner. He he's a eighteen thousand dollar cap hit. Um, next 18, year thousand or eighteen million. Or, excuse me, eighteen million cap hit. Twenty twenty one. He's eighteen million. Yep. His age twenty four season, eighteen million. Age twenty five season, eighteen million. Age twenty six season, eighteen million. And he's unrestricted when he's twenty seven. So you're, so you're gonna get gonna... for three more years, and by the time he's Rashawn Holmes' age, he's already gonna be in the league for seven years. Yeah, well, that's a great point, dude. I love that you just dropped that about him being Rashawn Holmes' age because the, how long, How many years is that going to be? Three? Three more years? Um, Until he's three, Rashawn three, Holmes? Three full seasons going unrestricted free agent at 27 years old. This is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer, dude. I'm, I'm, what's up, Leo Bias, man? Why are you talking about no, you know, what's up, Kingsland? Why are you guys all posting in this thing? No. That's this makes no sense, dude. This guy's well, talented, well, and he's gonna get here, and he's he's, he's entering, and he's entering that developmental prime. prime, man. Like why he's entering he's his so prime? Anti- and people, and people don't realize either. You know, we've talked, we've brought this up, and this has been one of our main things about Bogdanovich. By the time Bogdanovich, or by the time Darren Fox really gets in his prime at 26, 27 is really when NBA players take off. 26, I'd say, to 32 is their prime. Maybe 31 now. Guys are starting a little earlier. But by the time that Darren Fox gets that, Bogdanovich is going to be, what, 33, 34? He's going to be out the league, dude. The guy's not athletic enough to stick around. Okay? So people need to get that out of their heads that keeping Bogdanovich and Rashawn Holmes around long-term is going to do anything for us. You need to get younger. The only reason that I want Buddy Hill to stick around is because Buddy Hill is such an elite sure 
that he's going to be in the league for another 10 years. Okay. He's such an elite shooter. There is no reason why Buddy Heald can't turn into a Kyle Korver. Okay. There is no reason later in his career how Kyle Korver is just a spot up three. That's just an example. I think he's better than that, obviously. But people need to get this out of their head that Bogdanovich and Rashawn Holmes are going to be here long term because they're not, because they are going to be old and out of the league by the time Darren Fox is in the middle of his prime. You know what that is, though, dude? It's this, it's this, uh, like we've said, this falling in love shit. They all want to fall in love with everybody, dude. Like, oh, you know, Rashawn Holmes came in. And, you know, and, and it goes back to, like, my theory I keep saying every week. It's that people don't watch – they don't watch the NBA in they general. So, so you said there's 15 guys who can do what Rashawn Holmes does basically, yep. right? And, yep. you, you know, if like – not better. If not better. Like, like Robin Lopez, like a year or two ago, was probably like doing the same shit, dude. Like yep. honestly, he's so, bigger. Like so, so um, you know, it's this falling in love thing. They don't watch the whole NBA, right? They don't watch it, and so they see a guy come here on the cheap randomly, and and in their heads, like, oh wow, we got a really good player. We can't let him go. We can't let him go. It's like that mentality, uh, and because they don't know, it's ignorance. It's straight ignorance. You know, that's all I can attribute it to. Because if you took any amount of time with any amount of intelligence to literally break down the two players, it's a no-brainer, dude. There's yeah, there's a lot of guys, dude. Tristan Thompson, that's my, that's my player comp right there for Rashawn Holmes. That is. That's my that's that's it right there. But I think Tristan Thompson's a better rebounder. Um, he's a really good offensive rebounder. Yeah, he's like, really good. He's tops in the league, dude. Tops yeah. in the league. But there's guys. Okay, so let me let me throw something. You know, there's guys like you can go get Dwight Howard for two years. Honestly, next year you can go pay Dwight Howard for two years. Who's still playing at a high level? People are gonna say, well, he only averaged like nine points and eight rebounds. Yeah, he's only playing twenty minutes a game. You let Dwight Howard go play thirty minutes a game. The guy's gonna average fifteen and twelve, guaranteed. Okay, he did it a couple years ago when he was getting the minutes. There's guys like Andre Drummond who you can bring in. Okay, um, who else? I guys like I got, Jermichael- I got one. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I got one. Okay, there's a guy on the Kings roster, <laughs> dude. Alex Alex, Alex Len, Len defensively, Alex Len. defensively. Alex Len does everything that Rashawn Holmes does. To be honest with you, he may do more. He's just bigger. You know, he is yeah. just bigger. Yeah. Um, the offensive end, Rashawn Holmes is definitely more of a balanced player overall. I mean, he he can hit a little mid range shot. He's very eh. consistent with the, he a little bit, but he's eh. more consistent with that little that little floor. Yeah, it's like a little teardrop. I, yeah, and I guess I don't mean mid range like like stretched out there. You know, I don't mean like that. But it's more like around the you know around the rim. He gets it. He Here, hits it. You know. Here's a, here's another one for you, dude. Guys like Bobby Portis who do step out and shoot the threes. I watched Bobby Portis play against Sacramento this year and destroy them. Me and you were at the game. Julius Randle destroyed Rashawn Holmes. That we were there, you know. So there's guys around the league. Just, I think he's an he's, overrated. I think Rashawn Holmes honestly is a, was a little bit overrated defensively. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. You know, I don't get all into the the defensive net rating shit. Mason, I don't. I don't look know, at all that. Guys but like all, uh, backups in Denver, dude. What's his name? Mason Plumley or Miles Plumley, whatever Plumley brother that is. There's another guy, dude, who could do exactly what Rashawn Holmes does. So people need to pump the brakes on he's untouchable. He, he needs to stay here. Because I see a lot of stuff is outside of Bagley, Fox, and Holmes. Everybody else can go, get out of here, dude. In my eyes, it's Darren Fox and everybody else is expendable. I really like and that's and that and I really like Bagley and I really like I really like Buddy Heald. But dude, if you can at go bring day, players at the end at the end of the day, everybody's expendable except for Darren Fox. Like if you told me the Kings got rid of Holmes and 
and Buddy Hield and a collection of bench players, and they ended up back with like a Zach Levine and oh, Miles yeah. Turner. I'd be oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm about that. Yeah. I mean, you're about that life. Oh, I am yeah. as well. Oh yeah, you, you, know? you, you you're, it's all about getting younger, and, and it's like I said, protecting your asset. Darren Fox is your only asset looking forward for 10 years. He's your only asset. What good would, would paying Rashawn Holmes and keeping Rashawn Holmes around for 10 years do? Nothing. Rashawn Holmes would be 37 years and he'd be coaching by then. <laughs> he should well, be at the end of the bench coaching by then. Hey, it, it, it is Kings cats, bro. And we got to put it out there, man. Because anytime you bring up, you don't, you don't include Marvin Bagley. You know, we got to, we got to make our stand. Like you didn't include, I think Marvin Bagley still is the piece, man. I still think that guy I do, is. I do. I do. But like you said, if I could get a Zach Levine and Miles Turner, if you told me Buddy Buddy and Bagley were gone and we had Zach Levine and Miles Turner in their place, you, you wouldn't be happy. I would. I would. Uh, and and I and I really think Marvin Bagley's really good. He's it's border- tough for me. That's that one's tough me and, for me, dude. Because you know how much I love Zach Levine. Well, I really do. But dude, yeah, Bagley though. We've talked uh, about me and Eric. Me and Eric. Me and Eric think Marvin Bagley's gonna be an all star. We really oh, do. Man. But that guy's but talented, dude. But, but but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to. He's got the potential to be a top five power forward in the league. He really does. He does. But man. if I have a chance, if I had a chance to have a roster look like, um, uh, Miles Turner, Harrison Barnes, Zach Levine, Darren Fox, and a Buddy Hield or something like that, you best believe I'm taking that, dude. Well, if they were to get Zach Levine, Buddy Hield well, wouldn't be here as part of it. So Marvin, Marvin um, Bagley, Bogey, or something. You know what I mean? But that if you were going to tell me that would be a roster, oh, I'm jumping all over that, dude. Um, well, you know, and, and also, you know, the weekly, at weekly Kings cast announcement, Ryan and I definitely are trade the pick guys. We are all in favor <laughs> of trading the pick. Uh, whatever you got to do, dude, just turn it into something that's going to help you now. I saw an article. So people were talking about some random prospect, okay? Some random guy. People are talking about, oh, I heard he's, you know, I heard, I heard the Kings talk to him or something. Who gives a shit, dude? I don't care. Trade the, Trade pick. the pick. Trade, Trade the, pick. the pick. Sacramento Sacramento's horrible at developing players. All right. They, they can't develop anybody. So outside of Darren Fox, which they got lucky because he's just so talented and possibly Marvin Bagley, which there's nobody like that at 12 or whatever they have their pick. Trade the pick. And I'm such a trade the pick guy because the Kings have a couple of low – uh, cap hit assets on their roster but that included in the pick would really net them something really cool between Holmes and um B- bj lisa the cap <laughs> hit's not very high it's it's probably no more than 12 million yeah you know and and yeah. if they were to get lucky and throw Corey joseph in there and we're talking you know 20 24 million cap swing plus a first round pick that's where you're talking about a lo- a real a legitimate player that's what you're talking about, a legitimate player. And people are talking about um, – That's DeMar about, Rosen right there, bro. It is, but people are talking about Oladipo. I don't know what Oladipo's cap hit is, and you might want to look at that. Okay, I'll um, look up Oladipo. Look at Oladipo's cap hit. So Oladipo says he's not – he doesn't want to pl- – he, he wants to move on. And so naturally, like I said earlier, anytime someone wants to move on, you're going to see the Kings fans raise their hands and say, you know, I'm about that. So – you can hear the rumors. Uh, some people are saying uh, Buddy healed in a uh, the twelfth pick for for him. Uh, you know, I want to bring that up no. to you. Your your thoughts. Let us know the cap hit first. But but that like the trade I just put out there. Bielisa, Corey Joseph going back home to Indiana. <laughs> Didn't he play there? He played there recently, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the first pick. You know that that could be something enough to get it done because it's wait who he's tw- twenty one million. Twenty yes, I'm saying so with twenty one million like the and combination he's, he's of twenty eight. So he, it's essentially you're you're essentially swapping him and Buddy Heald. They're the same age. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. so so real quick though, you know, uh, you're telling me Holmes, Bielisa, and Corey Joseph in the first round pick for Oladipo. 
and then that would give the Kings the ability to maybe see, re-sign Len and keep him as the backup and, and then take a look at Harry Giles. That's not better today. That's and, not and better Indiana, today. And Indiana does that because they're paying Malcolm Brogdon that money in the backcourt as well. I don't think they want that tied up. And they're going to have to pay DeMontis Sabonis, who's an all-star. And, so I, I could see that happening. And, and yeah, it, it would basically break up Oladipo's contract, give you three players – who legitimately could play in your rotation, make that make your your bench very deep, and they would give you a, a first round pick asset to draft and develop. I mean, that's a, I feel like because that's an attractive trade because, because Pacers too. That team's young. Sabonis is only like twenty one or twenty two, and Brogdon's like twenty three, twenty four. So giving that first round pick to come in and be able to develop for three, four years, that team would be fine. They'd probably still make the playoffs. Real that, quick, though, let me talk about Oladipo. Let me let me interject this real quick, okay? Because me and you talked about this before the pod started, and I'm going to change my stance on what I said. I was, I off the top of my head, I was like, okay, Oladipo would be cool. I'd be interested in trading Buddy for him. Well, yeah, you said Buddy for him, right? Yes, I would be interested in that. I'm going to take that back and say no. And here's my reason, okay? Um, looking at his stats, Oladipo has had one year that has topped Buddy's, Buddy's career tops, okay? He's had one year. But Buddy, the last few years, has been averaging 18, 19. I think he averaged 21 a game last year. Okay, he averaged 19 this year. All right? Um, Oladipo's inefficient. He's a career 35% from the three-point line, okay? 31% this year. He had one year, okay? He averaged 23.1 points per game, five rebounds, four assists, and he shot 37% from the three-point line. 80% free throw shooter, okay? But that was career best, okay? Since then, he has torn his Achilles, or I think it was Achilles, or his knee, whatever. He was out for that whole year, and he's had those back issues this past year, okay? Since then, he averaged 14 a game this year and 18 last year in limited action. Only 36 games last year, he averaged 18 points. So I'm going to go ahead and say no on Buddy Heald for Victor Oladipo. And they are the same age and about the same money. Yeah, and that's why I brought it up to you because initially everyone everyone's about it. And that's why I was so, like, blown back. Like, people were saying, why do – Kings fans, why the fuck do you devalue Buddy Heald so much? Because I, I literally, Ryan – Buddy Heald in the 12th pick for Oladipo. I'm like, that's a fucking insane. People are high. Why do people not like Buddy Heald? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Buddy's, a trade- career, Buddy's career average is 16 points a game, and that's with barely playing that first year, 8.6 points a game. Uh, Last you know, two years, though, we're at 20 and, 20 and 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 2019. 2019. And that's with, a, that's with a Jaeger who's getting fired on his way out. And, and that's check- with – and, and that's and, and that's with that's with uh you know Walton who didn't really like him the whole organization was against him the second half and the guy's still and, killing it and and Buddy Hill's a forty one percent three point shooter for his career that is ten percent better than Victor Oladipo um yeah uh, sorry and Buddy Hill isn't injury prone so so, so you guys here we. Here, if you heard from me and Ryan, uh, we we like to we like the the Turner thing, so that makes a lot of sense, and we think it's reasonable, and we like Old Depot, uh, but we we like it, um, you know, not for Buddy for a collection of the picks. So I think it's either or. I don't think the Kings are going to find a way to swing both. I don't think um, it would take a lot. I, uh, so I don't know. Maybe you know th- we're going off in the weeds if we're talking about collecting both of those guys. That's a massive trade. I think either or. You know, works. It works uh, under certain conditions. Um, you know, so 
Hey, guys, we appreciate you listening to King's Cast as always. Um, if you guys have a trash take of the week, please tag it by nominating us. Um, if you ever have anything you guys want to be read on the show or just want a shout-out from us, just hit us up and you got it. Uh, you know, we're always down to interact, um, and we love chatting on uh, Twitter. So you can find me at King's Cast Eric and Ryan at King's Cast Ryan. And you can follow our main account at King's Cast. And then, like I said, as always, stay up to date to the pod. Uh, check us out wherever you find your podcasts. So, so for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. <laughs>